Hello and welcome to this episode of the Spotlight Podcast. I'm Christina Kerr, I work at Spotlight, and today we are talking all things young performer casting in theatre. Joining us today we have Verity Norton, CDG, who has cast some lovely young performers in some lovely productions, including The Ferryman, Matilda, School of Rock, and recently she cast The Hunt for The Almeida. Verity takes us through lots of great information and advice for parents and performers alike, including how casting works, what the timelines are like, what they look for in the room, and on your CV and profile. Verity answers a number of common questions from our parents, so take a listen. Verity, thank you so much for joining us on the Spotlight Podcast. I want to start by asking you about casting and how you came to get into doing casting. Well, I started as a teacher. Um, I trained as a secondary school performing arts teacher um, and sort of knew that I wanted to work within with young people and kind of within theatre, film, TV world. Um, so I sort of left the teaching side and um, a friend of mine was working at an agency and um, sort of knew that someone was looking for a assistant and so I came down and had a couple of interviews and... The rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and as you say, you've kind of worked a lot with children and younger performers. Why is that interesting to you? Um, I just love seeing how kind of young people can flourish given the opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's sort of uh, the most rewarding thing of the job is kind of watching a child come into an audition room and sort of, you know, go through the audition process, get maybe get the job and then kind of watch them on stage or on screen and see how much they've grown. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, they're at such a big potential kind of point, aren't they? Yeah, in absolutely. Their, in their lives. That's lovely. I wanted to ask you a bit about the sort of projects that you do. Can you talk just a little about like a bit about what you like to work on? What are the sort of projects you personally enjoy? Um, I love doing kind of big searches, um, which is <laughs> probably a downfall too, but um, I love kind of going out there and finding raw talent in, in different places, not the kind of conventional searches. Um, I mean, I really enjoy those too, but the kind of um, the research side of it and, you know, discovering a school somewhere or a child somewhere that's sort of not really done anything before is right. really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, can you talk to us a little bit more about that, what that process is like? Do you just sort of show up in a school and say, we're looking for X, Y, Z? How does that work? <laughs> um, no, I can't, can't really just show up anymore. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, strange lady at the door. No, um, we we sort of um, make contact with the schools. I have a sort of pretty big database now with schools that I've built relationships with and we kind of make contact through, whether it's email or calling, um, head of departments of drama departments and different outside of school clubs things like that and there's often a reason why their teachers put them forward or we've asked them to come in and sort of highlighting that side that they obviously are suitable and they are talented um, and get them feeling confident and positive about themselves so that they can just do their, their best really. Is it kind of more about personality then at that point at that sort of age at a younger age or um, is there another quality that you kind of look out for? I think personality and confidence obviously you kind of want someone that's going to be able to deliver yeah in front of a camera or on a stage um and just someone that's like has the energy right sort of the energy and the sort of um the i guess the want to do it as well and yeah. is interested in it um i think it's quite easy to tell if a child is interested themselves or not so mm. that's definitely something yeah that we look for yeah for sure I want to ask you then, you know, in terms of the projects that you have worked on, are there any that kind of stand out to you that you're especially proud of or happy to have been work 
working on? Um, I think uh, the search on the ferryman was was particularly special for me. I mean, it was sort of um, a sort of first big search I'd done really on my own, so that was mm. really lovely. And to have that interesting side of finding children with Irish heritage or that can sort of do the accent, the Northern Irish accent, was um, was great. So. Yeah, that was particularly special. And then, to, again, to watch them on stage was great because quite a few of those kids hadn't done anything before, so right. that was lovely. I want to kind of dig into your process then once you've gone out and you've looked at lots of, potentially lots of young people and put them on tape. How do you start to narrow down what you're looking for? Or perhaps a better way to put it is how do you actually create the breakdown? Is there a, What does that process kind of look like for sure. you? Well, I mean, kind of obviously you start by having sort of read the scripts and... and sort of creating the character breakdown that you know you're looking for mm. um, then heading into those schools putting it out on spotlight looking at all the agent suggestions there and sort of the children that aren't on spotlight with agents as well mm-hmm. um, and then it's kind of getting to know them a bit really so initially we might ask for a tape of maybe a 30 second chat just so we can sort of hear them speaking and see a bit of their personality um, and then at that point if we feel like they're suitable for the role we'll then maybe send out a side or a piece of script for them to have a read and then sort of give them a bit more of a character breakdown, see if they can sort of turn that around and then maybe come then come in to meet. So it's quite a lengthy process for quite a yeah. few of the, um, sort of certainly on the TV and film side anyway. Right. Um, so then once they're in the room, we get to work with them a little bit more um, and then that might happen a couple of times and then eventually maybe a director's meet. So. Yeah. So there's a few steps there. Quite a few steps, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you then about... Um, Say, for instance, you're looking at CVs. Well, maybe you can kind of tell us a bit more, you know, about how Spotlight comes into that process. But um, I just wonder how much you look at or what you look at on the CV of a young person. You know, is it the headshot or is it a showreel? Do those things matter as much? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, showreels are kind of vital at mm. the moment. It's, it's great if there is a showreel on there that we can look at. So, see, if there's a chat, if we get a 30-second chat, that's wonderful. But actually to then have a showreel to accompany that is brilliant. So be able to actually see the work on the screen. Yeah. Um, and headshots, definitely. And um, for me, it's children's change so much yes. that actually keeping those headshots up to date is vital because... You know, if a child comes in and actually they they don't look anything like, I mean, it's the same with the adults, isn't yeah. it? If they don't look anything like their headshot, it's it's quite tricky. Um, but more so, the the sort of data on the height and location and all of that sort of stuff is really important, particularly mm. with the children, because it's often there is a high limit, right. especially for theatre. Um, so you know, if your CV says you're four foot four and you come in and you're four foot eight, then that's, you've grown yeah. <laughs> quite a bit. You've grown, so it's, yeah, <laughs> keeping all that up to date is, is really important. Yeah, for sure. I, I know that that's a particularly tricky point for a lot of parents is keeping those things up to date. Do you mind if the photo isn't a professional one? No, not at all. Not that's at all. okay. Yeah, absolutely. As long as it as long as it reflects what the child looks like at that point in time. Yeah, it doesn't really. And it's kind of with a sort of plain background absolutely yeah some I mean, okay lighting yeah plain background lighting ideally nobody else in the photo um, yes <laughs> no friends <laughs> no friends no family members um just them and kind of very kind of reflective of what they look like i sort of tend to the sort of posing dramatically ones aren't aren't really that helpful so just natural just natural mm-hmm. um sort of color photos yeah um that's interesting what you said about the family members. I know we see a lot of um, family photos. Mm-hmm. Are those ever helpful or you prefer if it's just the individual child? Yeah, I mean, I, t- I, mean, I guess they are helpful if it's maybe a commercial casting or something. I mean, just, just for particularly the work that I do, it's, 
it's often individual children that I'm looking for, so right. um, so they're not that helpful. But you know, you can upload so many on there, can't you? Yeah, actually, course. as long as there's a selection, I guess that would please everybody. <laughs> yes, as long as um, you can tell who is who actually is, yeah, exactly. being talked about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I know that that can sometimes be tricky, particularly you know, given that um, you know professional photos are quite expensive parents trying to get the whole family into the shot. And yeah, sure, kind of no, thing. absolutely. But given what you've just said, <laughs> you don't have to do that if you don't <laughs> no. want to. No. You can just have a sort of low-key photo of the individual. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. That helps to know that. So when you're looking at a profile um, on Spotlight, for instance, do you look intensely at what the person's actually written on there or is it more about the headshot and the showreel? It's, I think it's a mixture of both. So mm-hmm. the headshot and the showreel, obviously that's the first thing you see on there. And then, depending on what it is that I'm looking for, what their credits are. Right. More than sort of like the writing at the, you know, yeah. sort of so I guess that's, that you can yeah, That's the bit I'm interested in because I know that a lot of our younger performers, perhaps it's their parents or they've worked together with their parent to write quite a lot in that section. I'm just wondering how much does that really get looked at? Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of... You would hope that that is kind of reflected in the credits anyway, so right. you can just kind of look at the credits and go, oh, yeah, that's what they're referring to. Um, you know, sometimes if, if it's a, an award that they've won or something like that, that's quite nice to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's more about the credits and more about what they've worked on, mm-hmm. and then you would hope to see that in the showreel, particularly if it's, if it's screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't really need to know any side hobbies or that sort of information? Not really. I mean, you kind of, obviously, underneath all that way, they've got the skills. It's nice to have that up to date right. um, and truthful. Yes. Um, that's very important. And then underneath all that, I think you can put in your training. So it's, it's just good to know the basic important information. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make it too lengthy. Don't try and pad it out. Just the really kind of this is who I am and this is what I can do. Um, yes, makes then, sense. You know, you'll get called in and then we can talk about all the other stuff when you're in the room. Right. Um, but, yeah. Leave that for the room. Keep it simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Simple and truthful. <laughs> I want to ask you a bit more then about um, the room and the audition process because I know that this, I think that this is the bit that differs most with adult performers, what the expectations are surrounding younger performers in the room. Do you mind about um, performers being off book if they're young and doing a theatre audition for the first time? Not not for an initial audition, no. Um, I think I would rather uh, I would rather mistakes were made but I got to see them in the character or a bit more of their personality than it sort of being a line test. Right. I think as you get further down the process, then certainly, yes, it needs to be off book. Um, mm-hmm. And that's mainly because it's more helpful with the performance. Um, right. And particularly if you're sort of doing it to camera it's just difficult if you've got someone that's kind of looking, looking down, down and, yeah and it's quite hard to cheat sometimes if if you're really relying on that piece of paper yeah um, but no initially first auditions I sort of think actually I'd rather see them and the character come through than than, than getting their lines exact yeah um, obviously if it's requested to be off book then absolutely you should be but um, mm. but it's usually not the case for the first no, first not round so, no not mm. at all um and often the first round is something that y- you would know yourself, so it's often something that you're just choosing yourself that perhaps you are slightly familiar with. Or, right. Um, so the performer's bringing something yeah, that they exactly, know. rather mm-hmm. than being given the material. So, right. um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, at that point, lines aren't 
super important. Yeah. Not the top of the list. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything you could say to parents about that in terms of helping a younger performer prepare? I think um, certainly choosing material that's sort of suitable for their age group. Okay. Um, obviously, if they're so they don't have to come in and do Hamlet. No, at exactly. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they're coming in for a child role that's a ten-year-old, then you sort of want to see that child as a ten-year-old. Right. Um, so certainly a piece of material that reflects their age rather than playing up or, or even down, um, and sort of staying away from coaching too much I think mm. um, so obviously when the child gets in the room we like to sort of work with them and and knowing what the director would like to see will mm. sort of help them with all of that and there certainly have been circumstances where a child perhaps has been t- sort of prepared too much for an audition right. and then it's quite difficult to then unpick all of that um, so I think obviously being there and helping learn the lines but perhaps just not over coaching yeah um, because ultimately you don't know what the director's looking for absolutely, as a parent. Absolutely, you can't yeah. necessarily prepare them exactly perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of that, um, you know, work on it, practice it, prepare it, but mm-hmm. then kind of be ready to unpick some of that and kind of move it all around and be quite fluid with it all. Yeah, so flexibility and responsiveness is kind of important there. Exactly, yeah. Very right. That's interesting to know. I know that that's a question that comes up a lot with parents is how much do I need to make sure my child knows the lines perfectly? So hopefully that provides some relief (laughs) to people with that question. Um, I have a few other sort of practical questions that have come from parents, if you don't mind answering those, um, to do with that preparation. But I think because a lot of parents haven't necessarily been actors themselves, they're just not sure what to expect or how to help Mm -hmm. the younger performers. One thing that comes up a lot is about what to wear. <laughs> I know that seems like kind of maybe a silly question, but is there a way that a young performer should dress? Should they be trying to be in character or I don't think do so, think? not unless it's requested. Okay. Um, I mean, for mo- I think pretty much actually every audition that I've done, it's just come in clothes that you, you are comfortable in um, because, you know, they're, they're going to be nervous auditioning anyway, so the last thing you want them to be is nervous in what they're wearing or uncomfortable right. in what they're wearing. So clothes that are completely comfortable, um, you know, you don't you don't need to dress as the character at that point because it's not, we're looking for the character through the role, not through the sort of how clothing you and how yeah. you look. Um, so, yeah, just something you're comfortable in. Um, a lot of the time, children are often coming from school and I often get asked, you know, should they change from their uniform? And I don't know if many children are comfortable in their school uniforms, but right. I mean, it doesn't really... doesn't matter. worry you either way? Not at all, no. Mm. I think often, you know, if, the, if there's a huge logo on the jumper or something like that, then maybe that's taken off, but sort of just comfy clothes. Yeah. So you might want to change out of the uncomfortable uniform, but yeah. you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. And I think, you know, lots of these things are always specified if they're needed. So, right. you know, if, if if someone is really keen for them not to arrive in a uniform, then that will be specified on the audition invite. So I think unless it's not specified, then... Then, comfy yeah, clothes. comfy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good base. Good base to start. Uh, we've had another question, which was to do with glasses. Again, maybe it seems like a slightly... Silly question, but if the child wears glasses and wants to come and audition without the glasses, do you automatically think they don't look like they're headshot or does that worry you? Not at all. I think glasses, you know, with contact lenses and things like that, you can wear them or not wear them. Yeah. Um, often if someone is wearing glasses, depending on the light, I mean, I wear glasses and you can see that they reflect them and stuff. So sometimes we'll ask for a shot with them on and sometimes with them off. But right. yeah, again, it's not. They're not fixed. It's not a yes, fixed thing. Yes, not a fixed thing. Be. Yeah, for sure. I want to ask you then in terms of just making a good impression. So for the young performers themselves, if they are a bit nervous or whatever, 
what can they do in the room to sort of give you a good first impression? Should they be responsive to small talk or can parents help them with that in any way? I think so. I think it's, you know, we want to see them being them. Right. Um, So if they are nervous, there's no harm in saying I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. When they come in the room, we want them to do the best that they can possibly do. Mm -hmm. Um, And we will do everything to try and achieve that. So... We will have the small talk, which is lovely to just get to know them a little bit. Um, some of that is more more than others. So sometimes we'll, we'll have quite a big chat with them. Sometimes there'll be a quick hello, how are you feeling? And then jumping straight into it, depending on the time right. we've been given for the slot. But I think, yeah, respond to the small talk. Let us see a bit of your personality as you before you go into the character. Yeah. Um, ask questions if you want to. Like That's that's what we're there for. Um, if you, you know, If you haven't learned your lines, don't panic don't think you have to announce that just yeah. go with it and yeah go with the flow yeah and sort of know that everyone in that room is always on your side because they mm. want you to do well um so you should sort of feel that and sort of be comfortable enough to ask the questions and mm-hmm. and relax yes relax <laughs> so into I know it. it's much easier said than done sometimes but yeah for sure yeah and know that if it goes wrong we you can always do it again yeah um you know it's not the end of the world and you can have a couple of shots at it and Mm-hmm. Again, we want you to leave feeling like you've you've done the best that you can do. So yeah. yeah, I know we've done a podcast in the past about commercial casting specifically, and in that we talked about the fact that um, sometimes there is pressure applied on the performer from the parent, mm-hmm. and that can kind of come through. Obviously, you don't need that. I mean, putting more pressure on them doesn't help them. No. Um, but do you have any sort of advice in terms of um, just navigating that huge desire? for your child to do well and to be cast yeah. um, versus the child's sort of own desire to be Sure, performing. I think managing the expectations is, is really important. Something that, yeah. you know, often, particularly in, in big shows or big searches, we can see hundreds and hundreds of children. Yeah. Um, and I think as a parent, it's, it's great to be able to manage that expectation and perhaps, you know, make sure that the child is always enjoying it. And mm-hmm. I think when they come out of an audition, it's a sort of, it's a well done. You did brilliant. Like it, it's an achievement for a child to walk into a room and do what they do in front for sure. of adults. Like I can't do it. A, no, I'm not a child like, myself. And it's such a brave thing to be able to do. And I yeah. think that in itself is an achievement and deserves kind of sort of reward, not rewarding, but, you know, sort of... Some praise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so... That's very true. Making sure that your child knows that just by stepping in the room, they're doing a great job. And then whether they get any further, that's that's brilliant. That's a bonus. Yeah. Um, and actually, they've probably learned more from that and then they can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think sort of knowing that there's always lots and lots of different children in the mix for things and managing that and that actually to get further is, is quite a special thing. Yeah. Um, and in those audition rooms, I know they can be horrible with other parents around and other children around and situations like that. And I think it's just about, you know, letting your child be them in that situation and ignoring everybody else and sort of getting on with it rather than listening to perhaps hearsay and things like that. Because no one knows what anyone is thinking in that room. Sometimes I don't even know what people are thinking in that <laughs> yeah, room. So no one can second guess it. Mm. Um, so it's best that you just come and do your thing and leave and try not to second guess any of What happened, yeah. yeah. And then equally... You know, obviously, um, for anyone who wants to have a career in this business, it's going to come with a degree of rejection as well, or no's. There's always no's, as as much as there might be yeses. Do you have any advice or thoughts around that in terms of just a young performer getting through that or or sort of building that resilience, I suppose? Yeah. Can they ask for feedback, for instance? Um, I think it's 
they can. I mean, it's difficult to... When we are seeing so many children, it's very difficult to give specific feedback on every performer. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll always send a yes or, or a no. And, um, you know, if there is something specific, then that often does get sort of filtered down. But it's 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 sort of impossible to do it for every single performer. Um, I think what they can do is kind of turn around and go, well, what did I what did I learn from that audition? What did I enjoy about it? What did I think I what do I think I could do better for the next one and sort of have their own sort of debrief on it, I guess, a little bit and then take all of that into the next audition mm-hmm. um, and sort of build all of that rather than the specific feedback for one thing. Because it could be a number of things. It could yeah. be a look, it can be a voice it could be anything yeah um, so trying not to take it too personally as absolutely, well absolutely yeah and sort of try and just again reward yourself praise yourself for doing it and take what, the good from it and move on mm-hmm. and move on to the next one yeah for sure I want to kind of change track for a second you obviously mentioned about um going to schools and finding performers that way but what's your relationship like with agents I know that we get this question a lot again from parents like how do you two work together what does that relationship look like can um, you tell us a bit yeah sure i mean i will sort of you know you work really closely with agents it's um obviously through spotlight they'll make their suggestions and then uh, they'll call up and, and give you even more suggestions and email you suggestions and right. sometimes i'll have a search where actually it's a very quick turnaround and you know visiting lots of schools just isn't possible in the time frame so i'll call up like, trusted agents and sort of say it's what I'm looking for. What do you think? They'll put forward their great clients, and and then that relationship continues throughout the audition process with the yeses and the noes and the feedback. And particularly if you're sort of recalling someone, and you want to call up the agent and give them some feedback and give them some notes, and then they can transfer that to the child. And so it kind of goes right the way through. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's a strong relationship. A very yeah, strong you work together. We work together mm. incredibly well, and I think. Um, it's an odd relationship because you ne- very rarely meet children's <laughs> agents, or you know. And yeah. So it's, it's your email buddies, email buddies, and voice buddies, and yeah. um, um, but it's definitely a strong one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we—I certainly couldn't do my job without agents. And there's some fantastic children's agents out there. And you know, sometimes I'll call them for advice on if it's a licensing thing or all that kind of thing. So it, right. it, it sort of works both ways. Both ways, mm-hmm. um, and it's great to have that support from them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's good to sort of let pe- people know a little bit more about how that connection works. Um, oftentimes, we're mistaken for the agent. Right. Um, that's a common misconception. <laughs> we're not the agent. We're just the sure. kind of intermediary yeah, <laughs> between sure. others. Um, so, Verity, when someone's actually looking for an agent, are there things that you could say to particularly the parents in that scenario that they should look for or shouldn't look for or...? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should. Uh, a parent should never have to pay for an agent at all. I know that there are sometimes requests, um, but that should never be a thing. You shouldn't have to pay to be on an agent's books. Um, you kind of do the research online. There's mm-hmm. lots of brilliant children's agents. Um, so kind of have a look. Some specialise in TV and film, some more musical theatre, some more straight theatre. Let's have a look at their websites. What kind of things do they do what are their clients currently doing is that what your child wants to do and do it that way but um certainly you know never ever pay for yeah it shouldn't be an upfront absolutely not no Mm -hmm. and um it's sort of in terms of like the headshots and things like that that come would come later if they signed to the agency Mm -hmm. um again i know there's certain fees involved with those kind of things but it's always good just to double check everything um 
and and if you're not sure, again, ask ask other people. Like, sure, you guys would help out yeah, with that as well. For sure. Um, we do know. get those questions sometimes where a parent has said, "Yeah, I was asked for a certain number of." well, I don't know, two, three hundred pounds or something, for instance, just to get headshots and be on the books. That shouldn't happen, really, should it? Absolutely not, no. Um, I mean, there obviously is a charge for headshots, but it shouldn't be anything like that. And it shouldn't be as a rule of getting on the books. Yeah. Um, You know, that's that's not... That's not how that should work. That's not how that should work at all. (laughs) No, you should never have to pay for for anything like that. And and likewise with auditions, you should never have to pay for an audition. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to... um, actually ask you another thing about the auditions that I was just thought of because you mentioned um, with Ferryman looking for someone who could do the accent do you mind if the child comes in just putting on the accent or would you prefer to see them switch Um, again it's it's I for those auditions it was required from the start so can they do a Northern Irish accent Mm -hmm. Um, so obviously there would be support there for them Mm -hmm. Um, but that was it was vital to hear from the start whether they could do that or not so Mm -hmm. um but were you worried about whether they sort of came in and said hello in their normal accent and then switched in the audition, or could they just come in and say hello in the accent? Oh no, their own accent to start with. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sorry, a really common question. No, no, no. no it's, it's just a very common question that we get even from adult performers. Oh, really? Like, can I come in just doing the accent if I'm nervous? Yeah, no. I think mm-hmm. unless it's, I always say, just come in as you. Like, right. we want to meet. We want to meet the individual as an individual to begin with, and then we'll go into the. Mm-hmm. the sort of character in the script um, unless it's kind of helpful so if if it's a case of actually to get into the accent you have to keep speaking in that accent right then that's a different mm-hmm. kind of version of it I guess but um but no absolutely own accent to start with and then going into it going into it yeah. yeah and often we know what what the actor's natural accent is anyway so mm-hmm. um it might be a bit odd if they all of a sudden started Speaking in American. The, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to clarify that yeah, one. No. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you then, in terms of um, some of the different types of castings, um, in particular musicals versus plays, do those work a little bit differently? Because I've definitely heard of situations where musicals, there are so many recalls, for instance, so that casting process is just so much longer. Um, what would you say? Um, I think the initial auditions are slightly different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sort of, um, but obviously, you're looking for slightly more in a musical. You're often looking for the voice, the movement, and the acting. Right. Um, obviously, with the straight play, you're you're looking for the acting. So mm-hmm. um, often, there's more auditions for that exact reason. You're looking for more discipline. So, um, but having said that, sometimes a play can sort of have two, three recalls because you might want to see someone, you know as a chemistry test you might have to right. you might have to kind of read someone with another actor if it's a father daughter situation you might need to get the adult actor in so there's lots of different sort of components there yeah, yeah absolutely um but sort of two three auditions mm-hmm. is kind of you know first round to finals is sort of normal for a play mm-hmm. um for the children anyway and then musicals i guess you would have mm-hmm. quite a few more yeah <laughs> um do you think it's important for young performers to really nail every single skill? Or I suppose this is kind of just a subjective question, but, you know, if you were auditioning a musical, for instance, would you just be more concerned about their acting ability? Or do you think they really have to nail every... I think they have to have a foundation on all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously it's kind of varies role by role. Some of the roles might be in sort of more of the movement tracks. So actually you can have stronger movers and then stronger mm-hmm. singers so that you can mix it up often um, 
it's not like you're looking for everybody to be absolutely brilliant at everything. Everything, yeah. But then there sort of has to be that foundation there. But often we know that that foundation's there before we call a child in. Right. Um, and that's more for them as well, because you don't want them sort of in a dance call where they're, they're really sort of being tested in there and pushed to their limits to see what they can do. And, yeah. And, and then they struggle, and that's not nice for them either. So it's kind of for everybody's sort of benefit. Benefit, but, yeah that's why the levels are set where they are sort of thing yeah Um, makes sense yeah (laughs) and how does it work then in terms of um uh rotations of casts how do you tend to cast things like that where you know you're going to need so with obviously with the children it's six six months because of their licenses yeah Yeah. um so you sort of um you would cast sort of the first cast for those six months and then you would kind of start looking again i guess and keeping keeping an eye out i mean you're always looking you're always keeping yeah. an eye out with everything that you're doing so you sort of keep rotating and then we would hold auditions sort of a couple of months then before the cast change so you've got time to audition the children get the licenses in place and then rehearse them and then have them ready for that cast change so, mm-hmm. so it's quite a lengthy process and a sort of continual yes. continual process certainly right. um yeah yeah Makes sense, makes sense. I kind of wanted to ask you another question just about the schools because I know that that's a particular concern um, for parents and maybe there's not a good answer to this, but just in terms of getting permission for students to maybe miss some school or anything like that. Um, do you have any advice in terms of navigating that or is it very school by school? I think dependent? it's very school by school. Um, obviously a lot of children's auditions now are running after, after school hours or during a weekend mm-hmm. um, to try and minimal disruption I guess but I mean it's about the child keeping up with their schoolwork and yeah. sort of not missing school if they, if they want to do this as a career and the time out they want to take is for auditions then I guess the absences have to be minimal if the school is going to allow you out to do this if you're sort yeah. of having days off for holidays or other things then the school is likely to not let you out so um, and it's, it's the school having an understanding as well sometimes if you say, oh, my, my child's going for this and they, they're in it from, I don't know, May through to December, mm-hmm. sometimes the school can think that they're not going to turn up at school from May all the way through to December. And it's actually explained to them that that's not the case. The children will get their 15 hours. They will be at the school. Um, they will keep up with all the schoolwork. What about um, sort of like weekend theatre schools and things like that? Do you tend to look there? How beneficial do you think they are? Yeah, absolutely. I go to quite a few sort of... Um, yeah performing schools and mm-hmm. you know some are all three disciplines some are just one some are a couple um and I think they're great I think you can it's it's great to sort of particularly on a weekend when you know that a child's not at school and they're just in their own environment doing nothing and having a lovely time building their confidence <laughs> being with other actors and yeah. other young people that love what they do as well so they sort of all relish in it together and I think actually you can get training from those that really will help you in an audition room um and you can sort of get advice from people that have perhaps done auditions before. Right. Um, you know, teachers are often ex-actors or current actors, so, you know, they they all know what it's like as well. Yeah, it's kind of a little community then, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. You can kind of all yeah. go off each other yeah, a bit, absolutely. use each other's knowledge. Yeah, so they're great and sort of a nice introduction to this world, I guess. Yeah. I wanted to ask you then, you know, given you see so many people, um, how likely are you to sort of, think of someone you've already seen for another role is that very common yeah absolutely um we i've sort of got notes and notes and notes and yeah pages <laughs> of notes on, on different people that i've seen and sort of 
often you know that someone might not be right for a certain project, but if you know you've got something else coming up, you, you can, can keep, keep them, them in mind, mind for yeah. that. Um, so there's always, I always go back to people, um, certainly if they're if they're suitable mm-hmm. to kind of come back in and. It's not just something, and I often say that to the children at the audition, you know, if it, if it doesn't go right this time, there's lots of other things that possibly could work out in the future, and it's not just something that we say, it's something that we definitely sort of action as well. Yeah. And yeah. you sort of already know them, which is nice, so you've met them once and you know they're right, and they come back in again, and again, their confidence is a little bit stronger because they know that it's not as terrifying as perhaps... As they thought, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure. That's lovely for people to keep in mind, that it's not the be-all and end-all if you didn't succeed the first time round. People like Verity will keep you in mind (laughs) (laughs) next time round. I kind of wanted to finish by asking you, in terms of um, people listening who might be just embarking or maybe their parent helping a student, uh, a young performer just starting on a career in this industry, it is really tough, obviously. But do you have any advice in terms of them just having a good time and enjoying it and... Yeah, having a positive career. <laughs> positive. I think enjoying it is a massive thing. Um, I think, you know, everything we've mentioned about the parental support, but that being there in a sense of praising the child for whatever it is, whether they make it into the room, whether they get recalled to it or get the role, like keeping it a positive thing and, and sort of managing those expectations that you're not going to become a superstar overnight and mm-hmm. um, it is a lot of hard work and often it's a lot of time um, often if you know if you've got friends at school that are out playing football every weekend or going to lots of parties those can be things that you might have to miss out on if you're in a show mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of understanding all of that and managing all of that and going no I, I love this and I definitely want to do it um, and you know you do make lovely friends you know I've worked or met some children recently who are actually now teenagers um, (laughs) and they still keep in touch with the cast they were with in sort of four or five years ago so it's really nice you do make friends along the way Mm. Um, so it's taking those things from it as well as the roles and the jobs and keeping it enjoyable yeah having fun stuff having fun yeah. <laughs> last question Verity what would you like to work on next oh I don't know that's a that's a tricky one I'm doing a, a quite a big search at the moment so okay um, I can't really think of anything that's got you but that's consumed. got me that's got my brain at the moment well, I'll have to ask you again once you've finished this big search then. yeah maybe <laughs> come back to me on that one. On the, yeah. thank you so much Verity thank you for having me Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spotlight Podcast. If you've got questions that you'd like answered in an upcoming podcast, send us an email at questions at spotlight.com. And in the meantime, check out our website under news and advice for lots more information for young performers. That's all for now from the home of casting. <laughs> <laughs>